Welcome to Surviving Gun Violence, The Impact, The Agony, The Aftermath. I'm your host, JT Taylor, with my very, very special guest, Mr. John P.E. John A. Page. JP, everyone who knows him and down at City Hall, he's a great bondsman. He's a great person. He's the, he's the kindest giant you can meet, but don't get him wrong. He also is running for Ward 4 as our, um, sit, as our city councilman. And I am so proud to have him. He doesn't take too kindly to the street violence, this gun violence. And I'm going to set the mic off to you now, Mr. Page. Mm. Hey, how are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Sorry that it is such a dire time and such a serious subject that we have to talk about. One of, one of the things that I, I think about when we talk about gun violence is how so many, when it comes to our youth, they stay in how things used to be without spending enough time with the youth to truly understand how things are and what our young people are going through. Uh, one of the greatest things that I've had to accept, and it's through my own experiences growing up and looking back and looking at them differently, is we have to accept that we cannot keep our children safe. The traditional means and the conventional means that allow for us to feel safe, our children see right through that. Violence is up front and it's right in their face. And if they want to come outside, if they want to enjoy a life, they take on this mentality of stay dangerous because they've accepted how dangerous that it is outside. So for us to get to a place where we can honestly talk about what's going on, the fine community healing, to make sure that some love comes back into place, is that we have to look at it from the perspective of those that it's impacting the most. And those are our young people. Our yesterday, the life that we had, as beautiful as it was, the experiences in our community, as grand as they were, they're no longer. Today is the day in which we live. And no longer can we go forward preparing ourselves or our young people by sharing with them just the stories of how things work. Just as if several things came together to create those environments for how I grew up and others, there's several things that are working together that are not good, that have created this environment for our youth today. And as we address it from that standpoint, which addressing it from truth, and truth is the beginning of healing, and it is the beginning of appropriate conversation about what's going on in our community. That's correct. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, um, I watch as adults how there's so much conflict amongst the adults. Mm. And I notice children live by example. And I, I what brought this to me and made me realize was when that coach got killed on the football field. 
Mm. Just having a, a, a fun game, coaching, out taking time out his life to coach to coach youth. And the parents got barbaric. And one of the parents pulled out a gun and started shooting and shot the coach dead. Mm. If adults can't get along, what do you think children see? Mm. You know? And we have to recognize our part, the part that we play in their lives because they do live by example. Yes, ma'am. You, you are so on point. We learn twice as much by what we see as we do by what it is that we hear and what it is that we experience. And there's no way that we could teach younger people how to behave without first behaving that way ourselves. It is just talk. But there's like it's a madness upon us all. And we have to begin to relook at the preventative measures. All of us know what happens after the trigger has been pulled. But we need to develop information so we can prepare folk that do not know as to what happens before the triggers get pulled. We need to treat everyone as if they're on edge right now. And unfortunately, there's so many in our community myself included at different times, that have dealt with lack of emotional intelligence. Thinking that how we feel is the end all to everything that's going on. Feelings are not facts. Also having an understanding that there's so much pain from the experiences that we've experienced and given the right of respect to others to understand that you don't know what mindset a person is in at any given time. So if you're on the road and you stick your middle finger up, you don't know what's on that person's mind that you stick your middle finger up. You get in an argument with someone in the convenience store, you don't know what that person is going through or what's on that person's mind. We have to hold on to some, some principles, some simple ones. People are hurting and hurt people hurt people. For me to love you, I must first have love in me. Just as if I'm going to hurt someone, I must first have hurt in me. So if we could address the hurt, if we could address the emotional aspect of what's going on out here and have real dialogue to let our young men know not only who they are and from whence they come, but who they are and how valuable they are to this earth. See, the music has changed. The same music that's played now when I was young, it turned us around from doing things that were inappropriate. Most understand the gang situation from Chicago. They understand the gang situation in LA, but there were gangs in New York. We had movies. The movie Warriors was made in the 70s. Yeah. So the gang culture is nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun, but hip hop music, came out and it'll address that from an East Coast standpoint. Somehow, something that was spiritual, enlightening, in a way where we could receive it, has been turned into the complete opposite. But now, we see young people that grow up in families that keep them away from the things that we would call street, that are still attracted to this lifestyle. They have video games, GTA, that trains our young people how to go out and steal cars. 
So we can't halfway address these issues. The information that's being put before our young people is the information that is preparing them for the place in which we are. I, I, I say the same thing, JP. I, you know, I see how a lot of people talk about our youth. But how many take the time to sit down and talk to that youth? How many take that time and see them standing on that corner or begging in front of a store and ask them what you need? Okay, you know, like you say, love. That's what they need. We all need love. And it only takes a second mm. to be genuinely kind to each other. Yes. Yes. It doesn't hurt to be kind. It doesn't, not it doesn't, at all. It, 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 you know, and you can turn a person around like that. Yes. I see these young men with these their pants hanging halfway to their knee. And I, you know, I'm just me. You know I'm me. I'm going to say what I want to say anyway. Yeah, you're supposed to. And I walk up on them. I say, if you don't pull them doggone pants up, you better. Oh, 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 yes, ma'am. And they say, now, if you had been anybody else, I would have bucked on you. I said, well, you can buck. Yeah. But why far would it get you? I said, I'm just telling you something good. Respect yourself while you're respecting others. See, you have to talk to children. We can't sit back. I could I could see them and go back in my car or wait until I get home and have a full-blown conversation talking about them. But they can receive the message better when we as adults can recognize our faults and talk to them. That's right. That's right. Talking to them and not at them. And not at them or about them. That's right. That's right. You know? And we can change the narrative. We can change their mindset. That's right. And I know you are going to do all you can do being that you are uh, a veteran of the Air Force. Mm. You didn't know that, did you? I can imagine you in that suit, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you played ball. Yes, ma'am. And probably yes, ma still and probably still balling. No, balling days old. I'm 52 years old now. Last time I played ball, I popped my Achilles tendon, Miss Danny. My NBA dreams are old. But you can still play some 21 there. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I might shoot the ball a little bit, but I don't call it playing no more. You know, I, I'm not going to run up and down the court neither. Yeah. But you but you, you running for an office. Yes, ma'am. And I'm so proud to know that I know Mr. Mr. J.P., the bondsman, the person, Mr. John Page. Thank and you, that I, I know that you are going to do an awesome job. I'm giving yes, you the job. I'm giving you the job. You're going to do an awesome job. 
and you have Paul Reddick endorsing you, right? Thank you. Thank you. So, to whom much is given, much is required. And I'm a part of the last generation in our community that was raised by the community. I thank God that I made it to 52 and I had a chance to experience enough of the 70s to understand the, the soul and the heartbeat of which it is that I come from, not just in the community, but the nation, the people, and understanding my ancestors, the sacrifices that have been made for generations that come afterwards, something that we have gotten away from that we have to get back to. And this is the beginning of that for us. So young people, if you're watching, we're not trying to tell you how to live. We understand that if you are not here, particularly because of violence at a young age, that you don't fully get to become who it is that you are. Even for me at 52, from age 16 to 25, is when the images were first put in on our media, our news media, stating that the leading cause of death in African-American males was a gunshot wound. So of course, we caught the, the beginning of this. I remember a summer when no one thought about uh, violence, when no one thought about making money. And then the next summer, either you were making money, uh, defending yourself or having things that, that potentially could be violent to defend yourself, or either you were somewhere hooked on something. Like that crack epidemic that we don't talk about out loud has impacted our community, has impacted us as a people, and each generation after has been designed in a way where it has to prepare to deal with more and more because we won't address this heads on. No one's coming for us. If we don't fix this, it don't get fixed. No longer is it a time or place to confuse intelligence with being able to identify a problem. Intelligence is coming up with solutions. We are the solution generation. At least I'm connecting to our millennials, which I consider the solution generation. For us to come up with better options, better opportunities, and for us to teach our young people how to live, for us to address the pain that is going on in our community that causes us to group up, gang up, troop up, and pack up to feel safe because we don't feel like anyone other than ourselves can keep us safe from these ears. Yes, but we wow. can do this. Wow. And we I can know do this. As if everybody, all the communities, Everyone in the communities, in the neighborhoods, in the city, engage together. Yes. Engage and get involved. That's yes, right. we can do this. This is it's what we do first, Ms. Janice. We get all of the mothers together, such as yourself, that have experienced loss through violence. There's a compassion, knowledge, and experience that that you have. Not only is there therapeutic value to mothers that have experienced uh, violence and loss of young ones uh, coming together uh, that it provides, but some mothers have multiple children. And potentially those siblings that left, are left behind could become those that respond to the violence that was taken upon one of their siblings. A lot of what's happening here, each shooting begets another shooting. 
So by bringing mothers together as phase one of my plan for in a therapeutic community, we're gonna create a knowledge base. And I'm not just talking about Norfolk mothers. I'm talking about mothers from all over 757 until spiritually we grow this to a place where not only do we impact and change what's going on in America, but we impact the change of balance that's going on abroad across our earth at this present time. Right here, out of the city of Norfolk, we're the head, we're not the tail. And when we take our rightful place and not try to fit in as other municipalities have, have uh, or do things in the way that other municipalities have done them, we're setting ourselves up for ourselves, our, our success. We don't have to follow the path, nor do we have to take the traditional route. These issues are non-traditional, they're of a spiritual nature, and we're gonna to have to address them in a spiritual warfare manner. The power and the mothers coming together is the beginning. Phase two is what I first spoke of, where we begin a campaign, where we put out what happens before the triggers are pulled. Like certain places, certain energy, certain, everyone does not have the ability to read like those of us that grew up the way that we grew up. Like I can feel the tension in the air when I'm somewhere, even if there's no talking. Everyone does not have that sense. But those of us that do, we need to teach. And last, we have to implement conflict resolution from adults to children across the board, across our land. We need to implement this everywhere that our children are, in homes, as parents, in family meetings. If you're not having family meetings, you're not having family meetings. Just know everywhere else in this society that's out getting things done is based upon a plan and some type of coming together and some type of organization. Meetings, have a family meeting. Make sure your children are aware what's going on out here. Don't just assume because you love their children that you know how they feel or what they're dealing with. Get conversations going with them so you can understand how these things are impacting them. And I'm talking about from a young age. Our children are exposed to so much, so much uh, faster than at any other time, not just with the internet, but the way that our society is. Movies that would have been R-rated or even X-rated potentially when I was a child of PG-13 now, and in some cases, not even that. Well, you know, um, JP, you mentioned soul. This was our soul thing. Well, you know I have an organization, youth organization, called Souls. Yes. And it saved our youth lives. Mm. And uh, I, I'm really looking. I don't. I know I can't take the whole city places, but 25 at a time, I think I can handle. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. So, I, I and you know, they're going to be graduating and going on, and I want some might be a mentors or whatever. But speaking on the parents. Now, when my son, you you remember my when my son got killed? Yes, ma'am. I I was bitter, bitter, broken, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, drugs. But I had to change that pain mm. because I started 
feeling pain for the other mother mm. who lost her son when he took my son. Mm. And this is a this is something that I want our children to understand. I didn't do anything to you. He didn't do anything to you. But you decided to do what you do did to hurt, to take my son. And to, and it hurt naturally, it hurt me and any loved one or family, friends that he had. It hurt. But at the same time, you hurt your mother, your family, your friends. And we have to let I don't I don't think they realize how they pass the book and how much pain they leave behind. Mm. And no one, you know, no one is the wiser. And if we could just get this across to the mothers of the offender and the mothers of the victim. And these families stop going out for blood. Then we can unite and stop what's being put in our neighborhoods to destroy us. Yes. Yes. Because like you say, this is spiritual and it's strategic. It's very strategic what is being done on how our kids are being roped in. In our neighborhoods, the drugs, the guns, and the hatred. Yes. We have to love one another, and like you said, and be the best that we all can be. Because God said, I have a plan for you. Right. You know? And if you don't, you know, I told Linda the other day, I said, live for today, but plan for tomorrow. Mm. And you might just see it. You just can't just live for today. And don't think tomorrow's gonna come. Right. Right. And God made you to be more than what you are. All of us. All of us. And you, you know, you have to find what you were created to be. And to be a murderer locked up in penitentiary for the rest of your life, or in a in a grave. No, that's not where you belong. You would you deserve an education, a career, a savvy career, like like you like you have savvy. Well, look, it, 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 it didn't start off this way, Miss Janet. Yeah. A whole lot of prayers, a whole lot of trial and error. And over time, you know, a lot of determination, a lot of getting up after falling down. Yeah, there is no easy way in, in any endeavor for success. Um, 
and, and I'm still a work in progress. And, and what I've learned and what I inspire young people to do is don't think that there's a day coming where everything that's with you that you don't think is perfect or others don't think is perfect will go away. In spite of, build a tabernacle right there at that place. Honor God right where you met him at. Instead of asking for that thorn to be removed, just go ahead and honor him right there in that place and watch how your life changes regardless of what issue it is that you're dealing with. None of us are power in and of ourselves to where we get all of the answers. I'm a praying man. I don't tell anyone else how to pray. I just say pray. I, I, I don't choose God for individuals. I would much rather you watch me and you tell me whose I am by my actions instead of my words. Um, and I implore the same for you. And if you feel discounted, if you're a person that don't go to church or for whatever reason, the people in your life that mention God not adding up, don't put it on them. Put it on yourself to understand if you're living and breathing, there's a power greater than you that's in you that has a purpose for you. And just start there. Just start there. We all have a degree of faith. We don't understand it at times. When we sit down in a chair, that's faith. It makes you believe that that chair will hold you. There might be trial and error faith where you've done it enough times the way you don't even realize it's faith enough. But it is still faith. So as you live life, you begin to believe that you can make it, that you will become. Instead of those things we go through when we're younger, we have to give ourselves a chance. Life is okay at being older. You get to have the same kind of fun uh, with a whole lot more wisdom. What you want to do is increase your time. I think our young people are so frustrated at what it is that they see, uh, not believing that the system is for them or not buying into the system, that they would rather go hard and live short than, than to go strong and live long and to get a chance to become a grandparent. One of the, the, the greatest experiences that can be stowed, bestowed upon a person. I know it has been for me. Yeah, I know it has been for me, particularly being raised by my grandparents and how much they meant to me. And now have a a, a, a little one in my life that allows me to girl. understand what I meant to my grandparents. You have a little girl, don't you? Yes, I do. And it's, the, it's almost like the first daughter because I have sons. So... Yeah, she, she, she's running the house this year, next year, and years to come. She's already gotten her first vehicle financed by things that she has done. Uh, that's how much that girl has me wrapped around her face. The only thing she got to do is wake up in the morning. That's it. That's it. We're going to take care of everything else. I got you. I am so happy for you, JP. I really am. Um. I also noticed that you um you did go to Norfolk State. Yes, ma'am. And um you do a lot of recruiting. Who do you recruit? You say a lot of recruiting? Yes. That that I'm, was that was recruiting for business purposes. 
in the past. Are you? Do you still have your business? My bail bonding business, and and there's another one on the rise that I'm not publicly speaking about at this time. Uh, what about the big cigars? <laughs> no, I kind of I, I will smoke a cigar occasionally, uh, but as we, you know, take steps in life to do other things, no sacrifice, no reward, and cigars. Um, you know, you don't have a lot of places to smoke them, and then it takes a lot of time to smoke. And, and right now, my time is not just mine. It belongs to the community as to what it's going to take to fix things. So if there's a way that we can tie smoking a cigar into making our children safer, our community safer, education better, in war poor, and help us with economic development, uh, private partnerships and private public partnerships. If if the cigar smoking can help me get that done, I will smoke a cigar at each turn for that. <laughs> well, at least you can smoke one when we celebrate. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. How about that? And you you have a beautiful wife. De, uh, is it Dejuna? De Dejuna. Dejuna. Yes, well, I, was, I was trying to pre pronounce the J. Yeah, yeah you went French on me. <laughs> but I, look, she has a great man, and I know she's a great woman because she's got you, and she's going to keep you on that street. I thank you for that. I wish she was here to back that up, Miss Janet. I, I don't know how that woman puts up with me. Yeah, but I thank her for it daily. I'm pretty sure. She got your back. Yeah. <laughs> got your back. That's that, that she does have my back. That she that's does. A, that's a good woman. And you have a lot of friends and family. And I'm one. Yes, you are. Yes, you yes. are. I think I met you about, what, 15 years ago? Maybe a little longer than that. I started the bonding business in 2003. And at that time... Anton's shop was over in How old is Christian? How old is who? Christian. Christian. Look, he should be 14 to 15. Maybe That's 16. Like yeah, around about 16, 17 years ago. Yeah, no, and I'm and I can move. Look, he, he, he's, he's getting tall, too. I saw him the other day, barely recognized. He's finally sprouting up. He is tall, I saw him. And his mother's going to be proud of him as well. Yeah, and she would have it the takes. other way. That's what it takes us as mothers and us as fathers to do the best we can and show our ch children the right way. Yes, ma'am. Only right gonna stay. No, um, as it's saying, I always say, we're all born with common sense. Every when God gave us breath, He gave all of us common sense. Then, as we grew up, we learned about street sense. Mm. That's the friends and you know, the different little things that we got in. Then we went on and got book sets. 
and that's a good thing when you have all three. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. It is. And actually, it's one of the marketing points. If someone was to ask me, what's so special about growing up in Norfolk? Or I even put it on the 757. It's customer that you understand all areas. You know, the, the left side and the right side is what some of us call it. Some say street sense, book sense. Um, I've traveled, I've lived outside of the area and wherever I've gone, it's typically for, for our community, it has been either or. If, if you doing street stuff when you go other places, that's all you know. And if you're a business person and you've gone to college and other places, that's all you know and that's all you're around. So what happens in the places that I've traveled, wherever I've encountered people from here that were there, they were on top wherever we were because of that fact that they could mix and mingle and had a broad and vast understanding of what was going on in our inner society uh, of communities wherever it is that I've lived, whether that was Florida, whether that was Delaware, whether that was Texas, but anywhere that I've resided and I've run into others from this area, that mindset has existed and it has propelled them to greater places. I wish more of our young people would get a chance to experience uh, what life is like outside of this area with the knowledge and information that you receive in this area and then come back and take a look at it. You know, so many leave and don't come back. Uh, my calling is here. So even though I was able to leave at different periods of time, which made a tremendous difference in my life and uh, my, my growing up made a tremendous difference. I still choose to call this home. I agree. I choose 757 as my home as well. Norfolk born, bred, and raised. Right. And I love Norfolk. And I love the people in Norfolk. I just want them to love more of themselves. Yes. Yes. Let's let's remember common sense. Don't throw it out the window. Mm. Just like when it comes time to voting, speaking on voting. That's right. Think, use what God gave you, common sense. You don't want nobody making your mind up for you. You want a person that's going to listen to you and run with that ball. That's, that's incredible that you brought that point up because, Ms. Janice, that is the premise of why I'm running, uh, specifically uh, for city council. City council is designed to be a voice for the communities for which you serve. And in some instances, decisions are being made for people and then being reported back to them. What I tell my constituents, is if some decisions are made and they're not popular, people won't just be upset with the councilman. They're gonna be upset with the community leaders that help the councilman come to the decision for those communities. I dare anyone to think that they have the right to decide for people that live in a community what it is that's best for them without including them in on the decision-making part of it. Not just 
hey, this is best for you. This is what I thought. And this is what we do. And that's what's been happening year after year after year after year. For our communities to be stronger, we have to entrust in our communities in a greater way. And of course, there are going to be times where, hey, I may not agree, but it's my job as a leader to convince not to decide, to come to those in the communities and share my views. But ultimately, what you want is what I'm here to represent because it is your vote that decides who goes down there. And it should be your vote that the person that is down there is working off of what is best for you, not what is best in their heads or what is best for them, what is best for the members of the communities that are being represented. And that's where I say engagement. Engagement and involvement is what the community has needs to do. Or, or if we it be into their best interest to get engaged and involved. Yes. And make and make the right decisions. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. If you see something, say something. You know something, tell it. That's right. It ain't called snitching. You That's tell right. it because you will want somebody to do that for you. So we got to get the, we got to have to, um, I, I always say the serenity prayer. You have to know the difference. Mm. And mm. you have to be wise with your choices. Yes, yes. And you know, that's it, it, such a, a good subject when you bring that up because we don't have the dialogue that we need to have when it, when it comes to that. You know, we, we talk as if it's an easy thing, but, you know, when you're in a community with the type of violence that's going on that we deal with, which no one uh, wants to, to accept, there's no one waking up saying, hey, I want to go in, and, and have violence uh, acts taken out upon me today. I want to ride in an ambulance or go have a surgery, um, you know, from violence. Wherever we live, whatever happened the day before, regardless of the statistics or how often it happens, nobody's waking up saying, I want this to happen to me. And when we understand as leadership that there are people that are confined to these conditions because of financial means, that they don't have the opportunity to pack up and live in zip codes where things have lessened. Um, and when we understand that, we, we, we bring out solutions that are inclusive. Because when you live in those communities, you know, and you talk about people telling and people talking, who going to tell on somebody to shoot people? I mean, let's just be no. real and honest. Who is going to tell on a shooter? Who is? Well, you know, like you said, you just said, who wants to get, who wants to wake up and say, I want to get shot today? That's right. You're, you're letting someone else Make your decision, your choice for you. See, and that's something that is not acceptable to me. I did it. And what we have to again experience is our age and what we went through in life. I'm speaking from the perspective of our youth. I'm speaking from the perspective of our young people. We have to go back and remember what it was like. We can't have grown folk conversation 
considering our youth without considering their youthfulness. So I'm speaking from the perspective of being a young person. Okay. And, and, and also let me, something that I'm not, but I'm talking about a person that's fearful also. So it's real easy when you as strong as Miss Danny, or when you've experienced the life that Miss Dennis has experienced, to speak directly to that topic with such passion and conviction. Of course, I could too. I'm a bail bouncer. You know, if I don't do anything with you, uh, which I won't because I'm a law-abiding citizen today, um, anything that happens around me, that's on you, if that's what you decide. Okay, I'm an adult and I'm speaking as one. I'm talking about what's going on in our community. We have to consider our young people. And we started this off with, we can't keep our young people safe away from these things that we ask for. So I just want us to be inclusive when we come up with solutions as to what's really going on and why. Because I'm pretty sure there are young people that are petrified to deal with some of these situations, to imagine what it would feel like knowing that somebody's after you when you're younger today in, in today's society versus in hours when it was just going to be a fight. Now, lives are being lost. You know, what kind of mindset does that put you under when you have to survive in a young man with these things? I'm not excusing it. How does that help you? When you like you say you don't think a man, oh man, I'm here behind these bars because I did what? Mm. Yeah, that's the Miss Dan. That's the worst feeling in the world. When them, when them, for those of us that have experienced it, when them bars shut behind you, how you come right back to your senses? How you become the child that your mother raised and that your grandparents raised? That how you remember? all of the things that you were taught to keep you from a situation as such. I mean, instantly, when them bars shut, how you come back to your senses, you know? But what's happened, that's happened so much and it's almost become a rites of passage in our community. Our young people, in some instances, are not fearful of those experiences. Some of them consider it fun. You know, I often tell people uh, when they say that, this is their child's first time dealing with something like this. Let's say this is a good uh, fork in the road. You're going to find out one or two things, whether they like the experience or whether they did. Well, I, I listened to this one man, and I like what he says. He says, two things we get in life, and that's a chance and a choice. Mm. He says, I will focus on my choices because your choices lead you to your destination. Mm. That's powerful and it's the truth. We're a byproduct, total sum of the decisions that we've made in our life. The accountability part that we don't have in our community anymore. The part that I'm earning the right to bring back. Yeah, we have to have some accountability to ourselves. We have to do better. Yeah, so okay. accountability is missing. Yeah, we have to do better. And that's all I ask for. JP, I would love to get with you and so we can rationalize more. 
and maybe you can give me some advice for my group or whatever. Maybe I can give you some. Yes, ma'am. You definitely can. Yeah, I don't have all of the answers, but I'm searching and seeking each and answer that will benefit us as a community daily. And I'm seeking it too. But you know, you my you my you my tall big boy. <laughs> and our grandfather, uh running for city council bills, bondsman, um uh, yeah, um uh veteran of the Air Force. That's man. I still imagine that uniform. <laughs> Don't mind me, JP. Hey, look, that, that was a whole lot of pounds ago, Miss James. <laughs> a whole lot of, it wasn't a whole lot of material. I was the same height that I am, but I probably weighed about half of what I weigh right now. Whoa. Well, I don't know now. I'm trying to imagine that. Anyway, with the, <laughs> it was a pleasure you, uh, you joining us on Surviving Gun Violence, the impact, the agony, the aftermath. And I think you made a great, great show. This is great. Yes, ma'am. Will you come back and visit us again? Yes, ma'am. Let's help somebody every day. Let's make a difference by first being different. And let's give our young people the hope that we have by sacrificing this time in our life for the embedment for them like our ancestors did for us. And I'm going to say, November 8th. That's right. Vote. 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 Two years. Vote the little votes. Everybody get out and vote. If you want to see change, vote. That's right. We have to vote. And vote. JP Page. Ward 4 JP. JP for Ward 4. On November the 8th in the city of Norfolk. Let's make Norfolk better. We can do this. Let's bring back the love. Let's bring the love. Again, this has been Surviving Gun Violence, the impact, the agony, the aftermath. I am your host, JT Taylor, and we had our special guest, John J.P. Page. Love you. See you soon. Love y'all right back. This has been Surviving Gun Violence, the impact, the agony, the aftermath. Follow our Facebook group, Surviving Gun Violence, The Impact, The Agony, The Aftermath, and our nonprofit page, Souls, Saving Our Youth's Lives, also on Facebook.